Welcome to these podcasts coming to you from From These Shores, a Bible teaching ministry which aims to help you understand the Bible through clear, solid teaching. Now, we've been doing a series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, and the reason for this is to, first of all, help people who have not received to receive and to answer their questions. And secondly, it's to help people who want to help other people and to pray for other people so that you know how to answer their questions and how to show them things from the Word of God. Now, we've largely been basing this study in the book of Acts, and we've seen that there are five specific examples where we're giving details about people receiving the Holy Spirit. And so we've done some teaching. We've looked already at, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit important? Is it for everybody? We've also looked at, do you have to wait to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And we've answered these questions from the Word of God. Now, today I want to look at some things connected to the Holy Spirit and the new birth or receiving Jesus. Sometimes people have a lot of questions and they say things like, you know, do I, if I've received Jesus, do I really need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or maybe they've heard some things and they say, well, are you saying that if I uh, have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that I do not have the Holy Spirit? And so we're going to look at some of these things from the Word of God and uh, help you to understand uh, some of the differences between receiving Jesus, or what we call being born again, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to cover is, can we see from Scripture that these are two separate experiences, or is it just one? Sometimes people say, well, you know, I received the Holy Spirit when I received Jesus. Well, let's look at this from Scripture and help us to understand we don't build our doctrine on individual people's experiences. We build it on clarity from the Word of God. So we're going to look at these scriptures. We're going to go through the five examples in Acts. So we're going to see, can we see whether this is two experiences or is it one experience? Uh, is it a separate experience after salvation? And we'll also look at uh, why. Uh, why do we need a separate experience? Why should we? Should we just be happy to just have received Jesus and leave it at that? So uh, we're going to see in as we go through these five examples and acts that a couple of them make it very clear, I believe make it very clear, that this is two experiences. And there's one or two where it's not so clear, and uh, I'll talk about those toward the end. But you need to understand this, that if we can find any cases where it is two experiences, then that shows it is two experiences. Just because in one or two of the cases it seems to all happen together doesn't mean we pick that scripture and ignore the other scriptures. There might be reasons, and I'll, sh I'll explain why, why in some cases it happened together, but that does not change the fact that other scriptures show it's two, it, it, it happened as two experiences. If it was just one experience, then it would always be one experience every time. And we would not see it in some cases where it's two separate experiences. So uh, <clears throat> let's look. turn to the book of Acts. We're going to start in Acts chapter 8. And we'll look first at the ones where we can see it's clearly two experiences. And then we'll cover some of the others so that we can get clear understanding from the word of God on, on, on these uh, truths. Now, in Acts chapter 8... 
is when Philip went and preached in Samaria. Hopefully by now in this series you're becoming familiar with these passages. We're going through the same passages to answer these questions. And as, as this series developed, we w- develops, we will look at some other scriptures as well. But I want us to become very familiar with these five passages because they give us examples. They show uh, a number of cases and they answer a lot of questions. The, just to remind you, the five cases are in Acts chapter 2, 8, 9, 10, and 19. So we're going to start, uh, we're not going to do these in that order. I'm going to go through the ones where it's clearly two experiences first. In Acts chapter 8, Philip is preaching in Samaria. And uh, in verse 5, Acts 8 verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken to Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. But when they believed, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Uh, now the word baptized causes a bit of confusion in the Bible, and, and I'm not in this particular series not distinguishing between the different types of baptism. The Bible also talks about water baptism. And just because you see the word baptized doesn't mean you can read into the passage which baptism it's referring to. And we have to look at the context and understand uh, some good interpretation. Uh, Verse 13 then goes on and says, Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which he had done. Now, in these two cases, we can see that verse 12 says that the people believed, and verse 13 mentions one of the people, Simon, who also believed. So this God is moving in Samaria here and people start to believe on Jesus. And when it says they believed, that would indicate they received. People believed and, and, and were baptized. That is, they acted on that belief. They received Jesus. And this baptism in this instance is connected to that. Now, if uh, receiving the Holy Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit was one experience and it happened at the same time, then there would be no need in this passage for anything further to take place. However, in verse 14, the very next verse, it says this, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. So they pick a couple of the main top leaders of the church at that time and send them to Samaria who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if this was one experience, why would Peter and John need to go and pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit? We've already seen in verse 12 and 13 that they believed and they acted on that belief. So there's indication here that this is a separate second experience. And in fact, the next verse makes that even clearer. Verse 16 says this, For as yet... He, referring to the Holy Spirit mentioned in the previous verse, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now that verse, you would have to really twist that verse to make this sound like one experience. It distinguishes they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but it says the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon none of them. Now, in in the next uh, podcast, I'm going to look at that word upon. So, we'll just skip over that particular issue for now. 
But here it shows that they had believed, they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. But Peter and John then come and pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit, indicating separate experiences. Verse 17 then says, Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now let's go to the the next of these examples that we're going to look at in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1 says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? We've mentioned this in some of the previous podcasts, and we showed that Paul clearly believed it was impo- the Holy Spirit was important because it's the first question he asks this group of disciples. He doesn't cover other things first. He, he finds a group that he thinks at this point are disciples of Jesus, and the first thing he asks them is about have they received the Holy Spirit. Now, if, as Paul believed at this moment, these were disciples of Jesus, and If this was just one experience, why would he ask this question? Why would Paul even say, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If it all happened at the same time, that would be a given. Paul wouldn't need to ask that question. The fact that he asks the question indicates that it's possible for for people to believe, but not yet receive the Holy Spirit or what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So his very question itself indicates a separate experience. He wanted to make sure that they had got everything and they hadn't just believed. Now, the passage then goes on, says, So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. That caused some alarm bells to go off in in Paul, and he began to think that's very strange. See, Paul Paul didn't in Paul's day there it was not there was no such thing as Christians who who had believed and yet, and then spent years before they received the Holy Spirit. The church presented this all; they made sure people got received Jesus and then received the Holy Spirit as soon as possible afterwards, which we covered in the previous session. So Paul found it very strange that this group, who he thought were believers in Jesus, had not even received the Holy Spirit yet. And so he begins to question them. He begins to dig a little deeper. What's going on here? Verse 3, it says, He said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. And now Paul goes, Ah, okay, I understand. They haven't even received Jesus yet. And he realizes that that they weren't actually believers or Christians as we would know yet. They'd only heard about John's baptism and not yet heard about Jesus. So Paul in verse 4 then explains to them about Jesus. It says, Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And the people were receptive to that. So the next verse, verse 5, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here they receive Jesus. They are now Christians. He's now got that issue sorted out. Now, if that was all there was to it, it wouldn't be necessary for any more anything more to happen. They've now believed. They've received Jesus. and uh, But the next verse indicates Paul took things a step further. It says, And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, why would verse 6 even be necessary if it was just assumed that the moment someone believes on Jesus and receives Jesus, that they have everything? 
So there would be no need for verse 6. This indicates a separate experience. Two separate experiences. They receive Jesus in verse 5, and then Paul takes it a step further and makes sure immediately they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit too. Let's, ju- let's go backwards a little bit in Acts into Acts 9 and talk about Paul himself when he gets when he receives Jesus. And let's look at the fact is, is it did he receive the Holy Spirit as a separate experience or did it happen all at the same time? Acts chapter 9, verse 5 is when Paul is has a visitation from Jesus on his, he's not a Christian and he's on his way to persecute Christians. And part of that visitation in verse 5, Paul speaking, it says, And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said to him, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So the moment he finds out this is Jesus, he yields his life and and acknowledges his Lord. Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. Now, I believe at this point, Paul receives Jesus. He's born again. And from this moment forward, he he has committed his life to Jesus and he, he yields to the Lord. A number of verses later, God sends Ananias to, to, to Paul or Saul at the time. And in verse 17, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why would it be necessary to do that? It would be fine to say, it's prayed for me to receive your sight and to receive healing. But why does he add in, be filled with the Holy Spirit, if Saul had already received? We already know he believed. He yielded his life to Jesus. and uh, but, but Ananias clearly realized and knew that another experience was necessary. And he makes sure right away that Paul receives the Holy Spirit as well. Let's look at the next one in Acts chapter 2. This is the day of Pentecost. Now, the day of Pentecost, uh, Acts chapter 2, does not mention this group receiving Jesus. However, you need to understand that this particular group were already disciples of Jesus. Many of them had walked with Jesus while he was on the earth. And they they, they had already, toward the end of the Gospels, they had seen Jesus raised from the dead and they believed in the resurrection. Uh, which would indicate that they had now received Jesus. See, as soon as Jesus was was raised from the dead, the new birth became available. It wasn't only on the day of Pentecost that people started getting born again. This group had already received Jesus. They had already believed in the resurrection and were already uh, together uh, praying for what was next and preparing. And so on the day of Pentecost, it talks about in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came, a rushing mighty wind. Verse 3, then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, if they had already received the Holy Spirit, then why did they need to receive the Holy Spirit here? So, again, there's an indication in this passage of two separate experiences. Now, out of the four, we've already, uh, sorry, out of the five, we've looked at four of them so far. Two of them, it's very clear that it's two separate experiences. The next two, you can certainly see an indication of it being two experiences. The final one is the one where it gets a little bit confusing for some people because it all happens together. 
This is Acts chapter 10, where uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the, the, the Gentiles at Cornelius's house. In this particular passage, it all seems to happen together. Now, again, you need to remember what I said at the start. If it is only one experience, then it should be one experience always. If there's ever a time when in Scripture we can see it being two experiences, then we need to realize it is two experiences. But that does not mean that in some cases both experiences can be received almost simultaneously. One happens and then literally a split second, the next one happens as well. So we cannot use Acts 10 to prove it's one experience when we have other scriptures which show that it's two. We just need to interpret this one correctly. In Acts chapter 10, there was a supernatural sign taking place. There's a reason God had to make sure they received the Holy Spirit at the same time. And that is because the the Jewish church up until this time had not really stepped out properly to take the gospel to the world. Jesus had told them Jerusalem, Samaria and the world. And yet a number of years after the day of Pentecost, they were still keeping it primarily within the Jewish people. And God had to move supernaturally through Peter and to show Peter to start mixing with the Gentiles and to take the gospel to them. Now, Peter, after this, received questions and some of the Jews back at Jerusalem challenged him for going and mixing with the Gentiles. And Peter needed to be able to show them God is involved. God, This was God who did this. Now, he could have just said, well, I had a vision. And, and, and yet they might have said, well, you know, we don't know whether you had a vision. And he might have said, well, they, you know, I prayed for them. They received Jesus. And they could have just said, well, there's no outward evidence when a person is, receives Jesus and born again. There's no actual physical evidence that you can tell that they have received Jesus. Uh, it's, it is a working that takes place in the heart. So... He needed to be able to show them something that showed God was involved in what happened. And the only thing that had physical outward evidence was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll do a separate series after this talking about that evidence. But in Acts chapter 10, uh, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon this group and while Peter is preaching, they, they, begin to, they begin to speak in tongues. There's actual physical evidence. Now, later on, Peter used that and he kept referring to that. And it showed them this is for the Gentiles too. So in this particular case, God needed to move in a way that we could class as a sign. He had to do things a little bit differently because that needed to show the church that this is for the Gentiles too. But we can't use the one individual passage just to say this is one experience. We need to look at all of the passages. Now, people just say, as we conclude today's podcast, people sometimes say, well, why? Why is it two experiences? Why didn't God just do it all in one? My answer to that is simple. It's up to God how he does things. If God wants to do two experiences, that's his choice. Who are we to question him? Who are we to demand that God change to our expectation of doing it all in one? If he shows us in his word that it's two, then we need to accept that it's two. If God wanted 35 experiences, I'm not saying he did, that's up to him. If he wanted there to be 729 experiences, that's up to him. The fact that he's chosen to do more than one is important for us. We need to accept this is how God has chosen to do this. And why do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit if I'm born again. 
Well, the, my answer to that is this. We, we should want all that God's got for us. The fact that God has an, an additional experience for us is something we should say, God, I want all of you. If you've got more for me, I want more. <laughs> I want what you've got for me. You know, it's interesting. I've heard Christians say, well, you know, I've been born again. Why do I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they seem to get stuck on that issue. But I've never heard Christians question whether they should be born again and baptized in water. You never hear them say, well, why do I need the second experience? Why do I need water baptism? They seem to accept that you can get born again and then have a separate experience of water baptism, but they want to resist the fact that we can have a separate experience of a baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's go with scripture. Let's say, this, well, let's recognize this as two experiences and let's begin to say, I want all that God has for me. And if God has more for me than just being born again, then I want that. Now you can go to heaven just by being born again alone. You don't need uh, the other thing, you know, other things. You don't need the other experience. You don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in order to go to heaven. Being born again will get you into heaven. But during your life on the earth, yeah, God has more for you to walk in and experience of Him. And so we, the, the, these separate experiences, baptism of the Holy Spirit, is is for some things down here while we are down here. And so we ought to want it all. I'm going to, in the next in the next podcast, I'll talk specifically about understanding the clarity of the difference. I'm going to answer this question in the next podcast is, does somebody who has only received Jesus but not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, do they have the Holy Spirit in some sense? So we'll look at that issue next. So thank you for joining us. And I want to encourage you to subscribe to these podcasts. Endeavor to keep each teaching somewhere between between 10 and 20 minutes. But sometimes it can take a little bit longer to cover a specific point. But they, they're very, relatively quick to listen to. So please subscribe, share these with your friends, and, and look at these scriptures for yourself in the Word of God. Become equipped with understanding and knowledge of the Word so that you can begin to walk more in the things of God yourself and also begin to help people. So God bless you, and I thank God for his grace upon you in the coming week and that you walk in, 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 in his presence and in his peace. In Jesus' name.